Hi everybody, welcome to day number four of the Learn to Love Yourself Self-Love Challenge. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that a lot of us struggle with, and it is overcoming negative self-talk. We're going to center ourselves around the definition of what negative self-talk means so that we can make sure for this particular lesson, we're on the same page. So negative self-talk is any inner dialogue that you have with yourself that may be limiting your ability to believe in yourself and your own abilities and to reach your potential. It is any thought that diminishes your ability to make positive changes in your life or your confidence in yourself to do so. It is non-constructive and it does not cause you to feel motivated. And if it's not checked, it can morph into self-hatred. In our lives, it can take many different forms. It can even sound grounded, such as, oh, I'm not good at math. And you may have perceived evidence of that because maybe you got a bad score at a math test, or maybe you had a bad experience in a math class. But it can also be downright mean. It can seem like a realistic appraisal of a situation only to devolve into a fear-based fantasy. You can perceive yourself as making a logical conclusion, and that's why this can seem realistic. However, we're going to get into some more information, but most of the time it follows a path of cognitive distortions, such as making things seem bigger than they really are or worse than they really are and blaming. You have to understand this. Every lesson that we've done thus far around self-love is showing you that a lot of the things that we perceive to be emotions or feelings really stem from our mental state. So cognitive distortions impact your ability to get past this negative self-loop. Cognitive distortions are where your mind puts a spin on the events that you see and attaches a not so objective interpretation to what you experience. Not so objective means your mind puts a spin on events that you see and attaches your opinion of what's happening at the time. And we do this all of the time. We all do it. We all have these cognitive distortions, which are simply tendencies or patterns of thinking or believing. And they are especially common in people with depression or other mood disorders. A lot of people will say though, that the depression and the mood disorders has caused these cognitive distortions. However, now that you know what you've learned in the past three lessons, I would invite you to open your mind to the possibility that the depression and some other mood disorders could be the actual result of cognitive distortions that have been left unchecked. Some other examples could be all or nothing thinking. It's either love or hate, black or white. You either love me or you don't. Overgeneralization means that you may be in a situation and think that just because you failed once at something means that you're just bad at it forever. You overgeneralize based on one limited experience. Mental filters are just how you see the world and you may tend to see things the way that you want to see them rather than how they really are. A lot of times we also disqualify the positive. So even though there may be 
just as many positive things that happen in our life or that are present in a situation or circumstance, we will often disqualify those positive things and ruminate on the negative things. Some of us also have this ability to jump to conclusions. Oh, maybe one bad thing went wrong or one thing was less than optimal. And so that means that you feel like everything is going to go wrong or be less than optimal. Magnification and minimization is pretty similar to disqualifying the positive. Are you magnifying the bad and minimizing the good? Emotional reasoning. For me and, and with my clients, I teach that emotional reasoning is often what you may mistake for your intuition, your logic, etc. What often happens is you have these cognitive issues that allow you to not see things very clearly. And so you process the things that are happening from a state of opinion rather than looking at the actual data points available to you. And so you feel like you're logically thinking because you are picking up on that data, especially if you consider what we talked about before when we talked about confirmation bias. All of these things together most often point to the fact that as human beings, even if we think that we're being logical, we're most often doing a lot of emotional reasoning as well as rationalizing things based on our limited point of view. Rationalizing is what we are often also doing when we think that we're logically thinking. We place should statements on things. And a lot of times when we place those on ourselves, our should statements are unrealistic. For instance, I would do this all the time. I'm smart. I should be able to figure this out. Even though it's something I had never done before and I would get frustrated and I wouldn't give myself grace for the fact that, yeah, I am smart, but no, I haven't done it before. So no, I shouldn't be able to figure it out. And maybe I do need help. Also labeling and mislabeling that self-explanatory and then personalization, assigning things that are not personal to be more personal, taking things personally. Personalization can also mean what we talked about when we discussed how sometimes we make a situation or circumstance about us. We're a bad person because something happened rather than the situation or the circumstance was bad. Negative self-talk can lead to lowered abilities to see opportunities. And this is huge because when you pair this in with the confirmation bias and with the forgiveness that we talked about, it's not that you don't have opportunities available to you in your life, is that in this space of not loving yourself wholly, not accepting yourself, not forgiving yourself and having this negative self loop go on, it makes it harder for you to see opportunities. And it also creates a decreased tendency to capitalize on these opportunities. So what this means is that you end up in a heightened state of stress. And because you're in a heightened state of stress, and because you have a work perception of what is truly available to you, the Things that you experience stem from the foundation that all of these things create. Some other consequences of negative self-talk can include limited thinking. The more you tell yourself you can't do something, the more that you believe it. And we talked about that. 
When you start to believe things more, they become convictions. Negative self-talk can bleed into perfectionism. Consequences of negative self-talk can also include feelings of depression. Also, you could experience relationship challenges. Whether the constant self-criticism makes you seem needy or insecure or have abandonment issues, you could turn your negative self-talk into more general negative habits that tend to bother others, but we can also say the self-talk can turn into more general negative habits that are not conducive to healthy relationships. They can also create a lack of healthy communication. Remember, thoughts repeatedly become beliefs. And when you start to believe something, especially strongly believe, you infuse it with emotions and those become convictions. Those convictions are how you show up in life because they shape your attitude toward life. And that's the outcome you experience. This is important because how you habitually think will determine how you habitually feel. And the kicker is how you habitually think if left unchecked is usually not even true unless you develop a sense of constant self-awareness and reflection and you're able to look at your life objectively. Most of us are not doing that. So all of these things that you're creating habits around and thoughts and beliefs and convictions and attitudes, they are usually not even true. Some people are genetically predisposed to see the world darkly. So this is another thing that could come up around negative self-talk. And it's not an excuse for you not to be able to move past it. But there are people that are genetically predisposed to see the world in this way. There is conflicting science, though, that states that the reason why some people are genetically predisposed to see the world darkly is because if you study genetics, you're usually studying people that have ties to each other in a familial way, which also brings with it limiting beliefs, patterns, customs, traditions that get passed down which are also sometimes mistaken for being genetically dark when in fact you're just carrying some of the conditioning that has happened within the people that you are more closely associated with. Another thing that could cause your negative self-talk, and I just want you to be aware of this as well, is you may not have your perceived needs met. A lot of you in this group are going to have your real needs met, which is food, shelter, water, security, safety, that type of thing. There are going to be a few of you that don't. So I'm saying perceived needs because most of us have those things. However, if you don't have your needs or your perceived needs met, then it will lead to negative thoughts. However, you have to be honest with your own life and do a self-evaluation because sometimes what we do is we create negative thoughts around not having our wants met. So some ways that you can start to quiet this negative voice in your head are give that critical mean voice in your head a name because that's not the real you. So whenever that voice pops up, you can say, Oh, you know what? Here comes Debbie Downer. And that way you kind of get to disassociate from that voice and you're able to separate that voice from who you truly are. And yes, it's there. And yes, it'll never go away. But it starts to lose its impact when you're able to put it in a container and separate it out from who you truly are and what objectively is truly going on in your life. Don't ever be afraid to try out a guided meditation because guided meditations 
help direct your mind towards something that is more positive. And it actually optimizes your brainwaves and your bodily functions at the same time. You may also have to learn how to take a step back. One activity that we all recommend is if your friend or somebody that you loved or cared about was going through the same thing that you were, what would you say to them? It's easier for us to be kinder and more graceful and forgiving to others than it is for ourselves. Start keeping a journal. We're going to talk about an activity here for this module that can help you to start to think about how you may want to journal. And lastly, we often don't do this. We try to get past so many things in our life on our own when sometimes we need to just say that what we're doing, everything that we're trying is not working. And so we need the help of somebody that is more qualified to get us over the hump. It's interesting to me how people will invest in a lot of wants that they perceive to be needs. But when it comes to the things that are going to give you that mental wellness, that good sense of self, that self-love, that self-acceptance, the things that truly create that outer abundance in your relationships, in your finances, in your career. People don't want to invest in that for some reason, but you may need to consider finding a therapist or a coach if you're finding that no matter what you try to do on your own, you're running into a roadblock. I have always been a believer in investing in therapy and coach, and I've always done it. Always, 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 always. Even when I felt like I couldn't afford it or it was a stretch, I always found a way to do it. And the money always came back to me after I leveled up through the work that I did internally. Two other things you can do are deliberately focus on a task. We're in an information age where our phone is going. Um, if you're a parent, your kids are running around. You got all of these different things going on. The TV's on in the background. Or maybe we feel like we want to take action on our goals, but we don't deliberately focus on things. We don't put effort into things. So for instance, if you know that one of your goals is to improve in your career and you don't spend any deliberate focus on something that is going to help you, then you tend to reinforce those feelings of negativity, the loop, the scatteredness, and not being in the present moment. Negative thinking pulls you out of the present moment and the deliberate focus on a task brings you into the present. Think about something that correlates to a goal that you want to accomplish and set a timer and deeply focus on the task at hand. And you'll see that that negative thought loop disappears when you're deliberately focusing on a task. Another thing that I teach my clients is to focus on their senses. So what this means is kind of slowing down. If you're eating, instead of being up in your head thinking, what does the food taste like? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it spicy? Is it salty? What does it smell like? What does it look like? What does it feel like in your mouth? Focus on your senses that pulls you back into the present moment instead of up in your head ruminating, having these negative thought loops go on. So let's get into this day four activity. It's a pretty easy one. It is just you taking the accompanying workbook and you're going to write down or some thoughts that you're having throughout the day. So what you're going to do is wait until maybe something semi-impactful happens or if you find that you're getting up in your head throughout the day and creating negative thoughts. 
let's monitor those thoughts. Let's write them down. What were the thoughts or the images that went through your mind? Where were you when it happened? Did something trigger you? What did you feel? What you're doing by taking a few moments throughout the day is you are not only looking at the thoughts that you're having, but you're also looking at the feelings and the situations to see, are you injecting feelings into something that may not even have anything to do with the thought? Are you injecting feelings and making things convictions and thereby strengthening the negative loop? Or maybe you're in a situation where you feel triggered and if you get to the end of the day, you notice that there's a pattern where you're thinking these negative thoughts in certain situations and they're making you feel some kind of way, then that's a clue that there may need to be a change that occurs in that certain situation. So what you're basically doing is writing down the negative thoughts that crop up over the course of a day and then we'll further break them down into where you were, how you felt, and then we're gonna move on to the next part of the activity. You're gonna see a worksheet in the activity book that is teaching you how to take back control of your thoughts. Because when you start to get into this negative thought loop, they start to become automatic. And if you can learn to become more aware of these critical or negative thoughts, then you're starting to build the first baby steps towards self-awareness. The second step to this is then how can you think of something that is a positive replacement thought? For instance, something that happened throughout your day is you are at work and you were getting lunch and it looked like somebody looked at you the wrong way and so you thought that they didn't like you. A positive replacement thought could be you challenging it and saying, well, maybe they weren't even looking at you or maybe she forgot her glasses and so she was squinting and she wasn't even mad or turning her nose up. Just take five of the thoughts, the negative thoughts that you had and then create positive thoughts for those five thoughts that you picked. The third part of this activity is a bonus because it's going to be something that you're going to want to learn how to do on a more consistent basis, but it's about questions that you can ask yourself to challenge any unwanted or helpful thoughts that are bothering you. And you can even use this to help you do page two of the activity, which is where you change the negative thought to a positive thought. So if you're thinking certain things, like maybe you feel like, you are unable to make decisions or you are unable to let certain things impact you negatively. Let's look at some questions we can ask ourselves to challenge our thoughts that come up. So let's say if you thought that you had a problem making decisions, maybe a question that you can ask yourself is, are you using a past experience to overgeneralize what is happening right now? Um, and let's say maybe for some of you, you're going through a really tough and trying time and you just feel like you're never going to get out of it. You're never going to be happy. You're always going to be stuck. A question you could ask yourself would be, are my thoughts helping me deal with this scenario or are they aggravating the situation? And I know one of the other things that came up was around being able to not let external factors such as people or situations make us feel negative. So here's a question you could ask yourself. What are you ready to accept about this event or this person or this situation? Because once you accept it, that means that it's there and it's now your responsibility. So those are some ways that you can use questions to help challenge some of the thoughts that you have. And what that also does is help you with, remember I said that you tend to 
not only not see opportunities, but not capitalize on the opportunities when they are presented to you. Maybe you get analysis paralysis or you overthink things or you ruminate on things and miss opportunities. This will help challenge those type of things so that you're able to see different opportunities, creative think about things that are happening in your life in order to move forward more optimally. Just in case you are having trouble understanding what negative self-talk looks in your life, here are a few examples. I feel like I'm up against the world. No one understands me. Why can't I ever succeed? I hate myself. My life is a mess. I'm so disappointed in myself. I can't get started. Some of those, as well as all the other things listed here, are some ways that you may be letting negative self-talk cloud what's really going on in life and stop you from connecting to opportunities. The activities that we have for this lesson should help you learn how to reframe some of the things that happen when you get stuck in these automatic negative self-talk issues. All right. So again, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, feedback, I'm loving the engagement in the group, but I would really love to hear from more of you and how you're doing. We're on day four, so we're almost done. So check in. There will be a day four thread in our Facebook group for you to put all of the information regarding this lesson. All right. I will see you in day five, our last day together. Bye.